singing, you are to the Monterey Center what butter is to toast. <laughs> we <laughs> you belong here. Good morning. I am so happy to be here with you this morning and um, talk to you about the faith of God. But first I have to tell you this little story that I uh, heard about, read about. Uh, Dr. Thurman has a grandmother and uh, she was quite, quite cantankerous. Just a cantankerous old broad. And she used to always throw the manure from her chickens over into her neighbor's yard just to let her know how much she didn't like her, just scooping it over. Well, one day she fell ill and Dr. Thurman was visiting her in the hospital and the neighbor shows up and the neighbor's got a big bouquet of flowers in her hand. And she goes, what are you doing here? And why, why do you have those flowers? You can't afford flowers. And she said, oh, oh, but these are really your flowers. All that chicken manure you threw over fertilized them. They're your flowers. That's it. You can laugh now. <laughs> Having nothing to do with the faith of God. <laughs> So, um, Reverend Dave, well first, we have an annual theme here for those of you who are new, and our annual theme is Awake and Alive We Thrive. Every month we have a, a general theme for the month, and it kind of ties in with our uh, book of the month, and our theme for April, this is the last day that we'll have it, was Challenge and Transformation. The book we chose was Hope and Other Superpowers. And hearing that title, I kind of thought, oh, this should be juicy. And when I got into the book, you know, first, let me just backtrack. I thought, this could be juicy. But another part of me, who has now been hanging out here for 14 years, I looked to Reverend Doris because we both came from San Jose together for that many years. And there's a little thing when I hear the word hope, a little wiggle that happens inside of me. Um, because I've been trained, so to speak, that we don't hope, we know, right? So I'll go into that more for those of you who are just coming upon this. So having that as the kind of current that went through me, uh, when I opened the book and started reading it, a lot of it is about get off your butt, find out who you came to be and do that. You be you because we need the light right now that you came to bring. And that you are the hope. So he wasn't talking about us finding hope somewhere. He was talking us about, to us about getting in touch with that unique individual thing that we are and being that. And going where that feels drawn and that feels called. And so I kind of got that long after I chose the title. And I thought, oops. But still, it's fine. Because we do need great faith 
to become that thing that is the beacon of hope for others. So to become that hope, you have to become truly authentic. And you know, I think that uh, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Jesus, the teacher, were some of the most authentic people we could ever know. And I like to say Marianne Williamson said it once. I'm sure other people have said it too. We know what society does to authentic people. They get crucified, right? When you're truly authentic, truly listening to that voice, there's going to be a rank of people that would try to drown out that authenticity, you know? So it takes a bit of courage. It takes a bit of certainty that you came to be who you are, that your preferences, where you're called, and even what you're repulsed by is uniquely you. And the world needs you that way. Not like the person you admire, not like the person sitting next to you or the thing you think you should be, but what you came to be. So, first I do want to talk just a little bit about hope um, and faith, and I'm going to give you the dictionary version of faith is confidence or trust in a person or a thing or a belief not based on proof. We've all kind of bought into the authenticity thing now, Brene Brown's out there selling it, pushing it, several authors are telling you how to do it. But to a certain degree, even that takes faith. We're choosing to have a certain certainty that there is an authentic us, right? There's no proof. We just have to be it. Hope is an optimistic attitude, an attitude of mind based on an expectation or desire. So it's just an attitude, hope. And then uh, Sharon Blake in the Huffington Post, she wrote quite a long blog, but the piece I got from it, faith says, it is so now. And hope says, in the future, it could happen. Are you starting to get the difference? The feeling between it? We need hope and faith, she says. We can look at hope like a stepping stone in elementary school and pure faith, like pure faith, like Jesus, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, as graduate school tests passed. So, what I know about the hope piece is that it is vital for us to have at the very beginning of when we start to kind of wake up and get how different our life is from the life we want how different our relationships are from the ones we want to have. Not the ones we should have and not the life we should have, but that one that we want, that feels right and aligned and clicked in. So we need hope when somebody tells us there's a better way. But when we get up and start walking towards that better way, it starts to be a little bit more required that we're not just kind of hoping that it'll get better. How many of you sat around and hoped 
that you'd get a paycheck without going to work. <laughs> I never did. I didn't believe it would be there just because I stayed home and hoped about it. Um, now, come to think of it, if I had faith, <laughs> would that still mean I'd have to go to work? <laughs> no. So I'll come back from that. But um, So you graduate, you have to move into that faith part. It requires a little bit more of a surrender to listening inside, a little bit more surrender to taking direction from the world around you, but not identifying with that what's outside of you. Finding the identity with, with, with what's in from acting on it and getting feedback. I'll say more about that a little later. So when I get to faith, there are two kinds. There's the faith in God and the faith of God. So when I talk about the faith of God, and for this to work, I do have to give my examples, which I skipped, pardon me, while I go to the example of hope, because this is going to be repeated through each one so you get the distinction. I hope the weather will be good for the wedding. I hope I pass the test. I hope the president I voted for will be elected. I hope this flu gets better. I hope we survive. So you can hope and hope and hope and hope, but that is going to remain a distant possibility for you. It's a possibility out there. It's not like you've claimed it into your reality, like reeled it in closer. So then we go to the next level, which is faith. And the faith in God, if we agree there's a God, a source, something that's making, making the atoms bump together, something intelligent that knows how to coordinate seasons, moods, circulation, lungs, everything, all of it working together. There's something there. We agree. And we can start to grow a faith in that. I have faith in God. I know God will help me pass this test. When I have faith in God, it's a step of, ahead of hope. It's like middle school. But that faith in, though, there's still, so hope is, I'm here, and somewhere out there, maybe it's going to kind of come closer to me. Faith in God is... There's this great, big, powerful, wonderful power in the universe. And I'm just going to trust that it can bring it to me. I have faith that it'll come. It sounds something like, if it's God's will, the president I vote for will be the president. I have faith that humanity will somehow see the light. I have faith that this flu will get better. So we're not necessarily anymore leaving it to chance and maybe someday happening. 
or saying God will do it, whatever that is. That organization will make me better. That supreme intelligence, that light, will somehow put all the pieces of my life together so that they fit. And for most of us, that's how, in the middle of our spiritual journey, we, we pray and we live and we know God will do it somehow. But this philosophy takes us beyond hope and beyond the faith in God to the faith of God. The faith of God is right here. There is no gap. There is no waiting time. The faith of God is happening right here. In religious science, we say that my mind is the, the mind of God is my mind. That means that I have access, direct and immediate access to every right idea right now. That I have absolutely all the resources I need right now. They may not be visible in front of me. And that's where the faith comes in. What the founder, Ernest Holmes, is asking us to know, not just believe, and to continue to practice until it becomes deep knowing, is that if you see it here first, it's already yours. And that's not us lying to ourselves. Because this is where all of this came from. The chair you're sitting on, the sweater you're wearing, the necklace, the job that you wanted, that you got, the family that you have, all of it was here first. And then it trickled down to here. And then it became a must-have in some form or another. And you might say, well, this, this challenge and this challenge and this challenge, I didn't say I must have those. And there is a, a saying in our house that's very, like, butter on toast. Um, <laughs> that is, it's not answered prayer till the prayer is answered. So sticking in that faith of God, I saw it, it's mine this must be what creates the fertilizer, right? Fertilizer, when it first begins, is just a bunch of crap, right? And then it causes flowers to grow. I mean, that's such a, a simple analogy. But there is nothing happening in our lives that isn't contributing to the deepening and the more... Um, more authenticity within us. Anything that's happening outside of us that's a challenge always has the power to drive us inside and experience the magnificence that we are and that we have. Every challenge has the power to invite us to see where our beliefs might be creating filters and making the world look much harder and harsher that it could actually be for us. I ran across a radio uh, program. Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, used to have a radio program, I think it was in the 40s or 50s. Some of them are even videotaped, and he was about this high. 
and they have him standing next to a low table. So he looked, anyway, that's trivia. In any case, <laughs> in this radio talk, he was talking about the flow of water and how the Romans had it right in using gravity to pull the water through pipelines and have them uh, circulate through the little, I don't know what they call them, townships. He also observed that there could be a ton of water ready to come through the pipe, but the size of the pipe was going to regulate how much water flowed at any given time. So there's the, the size of the pipe, the size of your consciousness. How much are you willing to receive? How much do you feel worthy of? How much are you entitled to? But he also then said, and at the receiving end, that hole needs to be open. If the hole's not open, the water that you prayed for, that stuff that you prayed for, in its fullness, cannot come to you fully. If you have little doubts clogging the area, little counter thoughts, any kind of other, what, what, what did he call them? Anything to the contrary of what it is you want. That's going to diminish the flow. It's going to get in the water that's coming towards you. And you will get exactly what A, you prayed for, B, in the measure that you're able to receive it, and C, what it looks like after it filters through what's still hanging out in your unconscious. Right? So the faith of God is knowing that that water supply is there, really wanting to examine what doubts I might have. Do I feel worthy? And I've used this example before, but it seems to work, so I'm gonna use it again. There is a, a, a lot of evidence for the ability for people to heal instantly. Like that. Just know they're healed. As a matter of fact, there are stories, though they never caught it on film, of Ernest Holmes getting uh, scratched. Bill Hornaday talks about this. Getting scratched by a rose bush. He got a deep gash in his arm. And he just looked at it. And he said, it is done. And by that afternoon, the scratch was completely gone later that afternoon. He completely healed it. Well, he and the God that works through him right? So there's instantaneous healing. But how much of us, knowing that, believe that we would have it, or that it could happen for our loved one? For me, it's a good measure of that, that, that kind of gap. Why not? Why not? Why not have a world where it's as easy as, oh, I see, it's fine. Where there's just a knowing, it's already reweaving, because I saw that it's rewoven. I see my arm is whole. Wait for it, wait for it. See, I told you, no gash. There was nothing there. So, so it does come down to a worthiness, this faith 
of God as opposed to faith in God. And we can put all our faith in God about a sense of worthiness, right? About that I am worthy to receive all that I desire and more. I am worthy to have my mind open to all the good that exists for me and the whole planet. We can have faith in God about that. The faith of God takes a picture or something that it wants. And I'm getting kind of bored of using the car or the new house, although that works too, and the job. But let's say we wanted to move out of depression. Let's say we wanted to move into a fuller sense of being able to connect just as ourselves, just to drop all the masks and to just trust, just simply trusting other human beings so that we can feel their availability to us and they can feel our availability to them and to trust to be available. So you can have faith in God about that, but when you're ready to move to the faith of God about that, you stand in that place of seeing what would that interaction be like if I showed up as like that powerful side of me, that side of me I've glimpsed every once in a while. What if I brought that to the table now? I'm aware that I'm talking softly. Can everyone hear me? What if I brought that to the table now? Asking the question, what would it be like if I, what? Had the car, had the confidence, had the courage to be Brene Brown Coslet's soft front, strong spine. Do you all have an image of that? What would it be like to be strength in our spine and open? Because we know that it's all good, that this is a world full of good, and that good is here for each and every one of us. And that there's an infinite amount of room for each of us to be and express exactly the way we are. And if somebody doesn't like it, to have the courage to just see that they're stuck in the world of their preferences, that they're stuck in a world that they think should go according to what they want. Where I'm shooting for is being so comfortable in here that the world can be any way it wants to be. And what I'm going to see is an amazing, amazing divine organization of people and how this all fits and how in just being us, in just listening and doing what we hear inside from that inner fount, everything fits even better. Everything works even better. That when we're heading somewhere and we suddenly think we should go get flowers, that we let ourselves go get the flowers. Even if we don't know who they're for, right? You can have stuff come into you minute by minute. I invite you to spend a day of listening. Minute by minute, what's calling to you? What are you called to do today? And I know this pushes all those, oh, but I've got to work eight hours a day buttons, and that's okay. 
Going to work because the level of belief that you have is that you have to have the job to get the money is actually what you should do. The next, the, next th the next level of that, though, is that I insist on a quality of life that lights me up. I insist on it. So today I go to work lit up. And I know that everything that comes my way is going to contribute to me going to work lit up. And you can have a future goal of what's it like to live my life in such a way that I'm doing what I'm called and I know the money is coming from everywhere because I'm living in a sea of God stuff that there's no separation between me and my abundance. There's no separation between me and anything that I need to behave as I came to behave. Whatever those resources are, there's just as much need for the person who wants to show up flamboyant and decked in pearls and diamonds as there is for the meek saint who just wants to read in the corner of a room and have an occasional interaction with somebody at a market and is content to know that her smile might change a life somewhere. Because again, this is all highly organized beyond what we could imagine there is no way to really screw it up except to think that you can screw it up in being who you are. So, hope is good. Faith in is gooder. Faith of goodest. All of them get you there. And we'll take you any way you are, even without any of it. So I'm um, very grateful to have had this time to talk to you today about this. I do usually give homework, and Denise isn't here. She usually counts on me giving homework. Um, but Richard, you can take the homework to Denise. <laughs> so the homework is that you spend some time this week in action towards what it is that you want, that you, that something you want so bad that it requires faith. You can't see it yet, but you know it's yours because it's right here, right? So spend some time inwardly picturing what life is like with that, knowing that everything in the universe is listening and applauding you, right? That you're willing to have in your life what feels aligned for you. Just spend some time doing that. Or, if it's about a relationship, you could write a, a letter to that person's higher self. And you could just write about what you wish for the relationship. How you can see us actually sitting and laughing together in the future. Some small action that's about the reality that you would like to have the way that you would like to feel in that relationship, the way that you would like to feel in the job that you want, the way you'd like to feel with no job and infinite income from a creative endeavor that you're doing. The possibilities are endless. In the end, you start with asking for the right idea. So at the very least, I invite you 
when you're up against some small or great challenge this week, to just affirm the right ideas are coming to me now. I open my mind and accept the flow of all the good coming towards me. Lay it on me. Thank you.